Welcome to ContenderCast, a global leadership and consumer industries entrepreneurship podcast centered on shining a light on bright ideas. And now, here's your host, Justin Hahnemann. Thanks for seeing. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for downloading. This is subscribing and following. It's Justin Hahnemann, the ContenderCast, shining a light on bright ideas. We're in the kombucha space today. You're going to meet Zane Ooh. Adams. <laughs> exactly. Zane is here. <laughs> uh, former co-CEO and current CSO and CMO of Fed Up Foods and also Bucci Kombucha. We're going to talk all about the brand, um, that, that industry space today, the beverage industry around it. Um, and I can't even wait to dive in. Zane, so great to have you on the podcast. Likewise. Thanks so much, Justin. We're supercharged and delighted to have an opportunity to share. <laughs> I love it, man. I was just so looking forward to the conversation. Um, such a, a really growth area in the beverage industry. I can't wait to dive in. Um, before we go there, um, why don't you share a little about your story um, with our audience in case they haven't met you? Give a little bit of your background, then we'll dive into the brand. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, it's not it's not super exciting and interesting, I guess, because I've been living it for the past 45 years. Right. But um, I started in um, a commercial real estate and development. Um, and uh, prior to that was in entertainment with publicity and public relations and work with a couple of interesting pop people that probably aren't so poppy anymore um, <laughs> and carried that same kind of sentimentality into building homes globally and destination vacation resorts. And, um, you know, always been driven by a really interesting idea that says humans can always reach their greatest potential when they connect inward and then decide that that's worth nurturing and then connecting outward because there's such an overflow of abundance, such an overflow of of positivity in their life and so that kind of work uh, always being in the enterprise marketing and strategy space my degree is in that what master's work is in it i'm actually one of those rare people that actually utilize what i went to school to learn wow. um and so I've always, I've always been in this space um super energized and inspired by ways of creating prosperity by linking people to profit uh, and also realizing that they live on this earth together called the planet. So I ended up um, in and around Asheville about a little over 14 years ago, about 14 years ago now, and um, decided to um, take my skill set around strategy, around enterprise development, thinking um, with purpose and what that could do in terms of businesses here, uh, both locally and then as they expand out to the U.S. So that's how I, how I wow here in Asheville and then, you know, went into the brand. Wow, amazing and so well said. Um, I think I got, there's a couple of good sound bites there. I totally would love to quote you on. Um, but you had you done any work in the food or beverage industry before, or what did that look like? No, I honestly, the only thing I had in like any relationship with food is that I grew up as a heavy fat kid before I ended up becoming a, a cheerleader years and years and years and years, and years oh ago. Um, so I just loved food. I loved food. Um, and still love to cook and make it. I think it's one of the most powerful ways that we can connect as humans. And so um, I was dabbling with, I've done all the isms, I've done all the, the the diets. And at this point in my life, I was I was dabbling in the vegan raw food world. Um, and then I, I bumped uh, into um, the consumer brands around uh, health and wellness, and one of those being a kombucha brand. So I'd, I didn't have any prior experience until till uh, this most recent iteration of work. 
Wow, amazing. Um, talk about the company, Bucci, uh, and talk about Fed Up Foods. Like, yeah. Give us a sense for the holding company and then where this fits into it. Yeah, for sure. So we started uh, Bucci Kombucha, which is our retail brand. Um, it started in about 08. Uh, my founder, Dane Busher, who also served with me as co-CEO, um, and um, Sarah Schomber, who is also co-founder, um, you know, we we met each other uh, through a water company that I was helping um, at the time restructure and think about how to sell and promote their spring-fed gravity water. And uh, the girls were beginning to source the water uh, for making kombucha. And that's how I actually met them. Um, and we started, you know, we connected through a couple of really simple core things around creating space for people to engage also engaging with each other as as humans on humans and then how we interact with our community and we all came to Asheville from different places but oddly for the same um and so we found that connection through um through really the values um and then we just kind of started like needing and tending from there and Bucci began um and you know when we said it had a cult following still does it started reaching out it was one of the first commercial breweries uh kombucha breweries uh, on the east coast and you know kombucha is a fermented tea it starts with tea and sugar and you add in a culture uh and it ferments and what's left over is a really nutrient-dense beverage um, that people have been drinking for thousands and thousands and thousands of years. Um, and while we did not create kombucha, we did create our version called Bucci, which um, allowed us to sell um, an enormous amount throughout the mountains here and up and down the East Coast until we um, grew so much that we ended up merging with a brand called Capital Kombucha, which is out of DC at the time. Built two businesses together. Um, and we fell in love with the idea that said, hey, if we actually want to live our mission as we are a mission-driven organization, we're like, how do we do that, right? How do we how do we move outside the fabulous, wonderful clothing of a brand that's cute and clear and has a particular audience, but how do we serve more people? How do we get more people to have healthier guts? Um, and hopefully if they have really good guts, they feel better. And if they feel better, They've got a clearer mind. And if they have a clearer mind, that means their heart is much more open to things just beyond mere survival. And so we said, you know, we're going to go into really hardcore making. And so uh, about five years ago, we transitioned from being a retail forward brand into being a private label, white label company that was really focused on fermented functional beverage, you know, developing and making at the level of the sacred and not from a perspective of like, just a woo sacred, but like the things we hold really sacred and ideal as humans, food, sure. connection, people, ability to live. Um, and that's where Fed Up Foods uh, basically came from. Two things. One, we were fed up, meaning we felt really full and healthy and whole. <laughs> right. And then the flip side of that was, is we're also kind of fed up with the extractive food cycle as we know it here in the country, especially with private label providers at the time that we're, we're serving less than premium quality, yes, at a fraction of the cost, but, um, you know, it was balanced on the back of crap quality and filler ingredients just to give something that was cheap to people who couldn't afford better things. So we just said we should flip that on its head. 
Wow, I love that. Um, for those who don't know kombucha, most of you probably do, but it's a fermented probiotic tea, naturally carbonated, full of beneficial bacteria, digestive enzymes, and detoxifying acids. When you guys started the business, was there already a market for it, or how did you figure out how, you know how to produce the product and get it manufactured and whatnot? Well, that is a twisted question, Justin. Both <laughs> of love, fury, hard work, and dedication. Um, uh, we actually, so one of the biggest challenges in kombucha, so the market leader uh, in kombucha, it's on everyone's shelf. Um, you know, he's been doing it for a really long time, 20 something plus years, lovely gent. And, um, you know, he'd been brewing kombucha and selling it from California for a long time. Um, but in terms of like the industry overall, it was really, really, really challenging to come into a full awareness of what we were doing as a group. And so we started to pull that in with each other, understanding like how to brew and how to be in brewing. Um, and it was hard initially. So we had to figure it out, to be honest. Um, it took us about 10 years to get our process down Wow! to where we were actually able to reproduce it at a level where we had zero compliance issues. And so we created what's called the scalable craft brewing technology, which is uh, particular to our brew process. So we're able to make a kombucha that is um, without any alcohol. Got it. Um, below, below the 0.5 level. And for some of those who don't know, in 2010, they call it the great, I forget what it was, the the great unshaking. I call it the great opportunity where um, Whole Foods and others asked the stop for the production, or not production, but the distribution of kombucha because there was one that had been found to be a little above that alcohol level and not having a clear regulator or way to make the kombucha. We're asking kombucha brewers to to take it off the shelf. I think it went to like Lindsay Lohan or someone had, <laughs> you know, lost a bracelet or something, some kind of nonsense around um, <laughs> right. them getting like an alcohol <laughs> charge or something. Oh my um, God. But we were able to, um, we were selling all we could make and we got a call from a small uh, place called Earth Fair, which is here. Uh, Absolutely. In the Mountains. Very familiar. Thing. And uh, they said, um, hey, can you, can you sell us kombucha? And we said, and at the time we're, you know, we're making like just a couple cases and they're like, they were saying, we'll take everything you have. Wow. <laughs> so uh -oh. <laughs> Darren started it. Yeah. So in about 2010, we started to shift and hit it full on. And we got so good at making, we were so inspired by making, we were so energized by sourcing materials that came from regenerative farmers and local farmers when we could, that we were like, what would it feel like if we just were to make all the time? Right. And then allow the process that we use to be utilized in other places. And so that's what really seeded Fed Up Foods in like a really tactical way. We um, basically exported our technology and launched the South Korean market. So we're the leader in the white label and branded kombucha there in South, in South Korea at the moment. Um, we took the same technology and went to top retail partners and said, you're not offering kombucha at a place that's affordable for folks to actually get engaged with this place. Why don't we do it for you? And and they said, okay. Um, and so we figured out how to hone our process and scale, which is the secret, I think, to creating prosperity in a way is to be able to scale what you do really well 
getting more people more involved. And then that just grew our, our supplier line. And so um, not the rest is history, but that's kind of like the rocket fuel wow. in the ship at the moment. Interesting. So it's one thing to be creating a couple of cases here and there, another to make big volume. Did you have to ship, uh, switch distributors? Did you have all of that figured out? Or, I mean, did you guys have to sort through how to get the volume and get it delivered to the retailer and whatnot? Yeah, I mean, as as a brand, we we had distribution in place, um, and so it was fairly easy to get Earth for what they wanted. They were also local, so we did a lot of sure. direct delivery. But as we learned to do that better, you know, as as the business um, evolved and has evolved into what it is now, uh, we actually run quite a lot of shipping and logistics through our business. Self. Um, we work with probably every major distributor cold. Uh, in the United States. Um, we currently serve Mexico and a good amount of Central and South America and in, in part of the Virgin Islands uh, and and recently into Canada as well. So we've we've learned how to be um, everywhere that we need to be with as as mitigated of a carbon footprint as possible. Sure while still leveraging some of the same uh, distributors that helped us get a foothold in the industry. I mean, we've been working with UNI for, UNFI forever. We've been sure. working with Kihi forever. Yep. Um, you know, so it was uh, being able to diversify, I think, outside of that network that allowed us to give product at a little bit more of a competitive level for on the shelf to customers, which is a big thing right now, especially in this economic kind of, I don't even want to call it a whirlwind. Weird, like thunderstorm, cloudy day. Then it's super sunny, and right. then it's breezy. <laughs> it's a strange, very it strange climate we're in. No doubt. Um, did you know who your customer was? You know, when you got the bigger orders and the bigger volume, or were you just like meeting the demand of the store? You know what I mean? Do you do you actually have a relationship with the end customer, yeah. or is it really just with the retailer and distributor? Yeah, what's really unique about our businesses is because we still hold and control our, our 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 retail, which is our control brand. We have a wonderful connection with our end customer. They kind of serve as our like like special ambassador infinity group that gives us a lot of deep detail about their preferences, things that are happening in their lives, areas that are of importance to them in terms of nutrition, in terms of how how do you grow the inputs that you use in order to put into your beverage? Like what's really um, finding its way into not only the calculus of the budget, but the calculus of the value set that people are buying from. So we utilize some really smart tools in keeping engagement with those customers through the retail brand. And then we extract that information, or better yet, we and we use it as a point of informing how we build products uh, really for our retail partners from a really, really robust uh, and what I say, a clearly known space of like what customers are interested in and and, and what's kind of their, what, what they're grooving on, you know? Sure. Um, we've been able to do that. Um, and, you know, in the early days, I think that we, you know, we utilized um the customers you know primarily through the interaction with the brand as a means to um validate our theory whereas now we're using data that we purchased in combination to um the data that we collect and the stories that we kind of bring together 
um, ourselves in our team, uh, between our category management team and our marketing development teams and our ambassador teams. It just gives us a lot of, of information that provides much more compelling reasons to innovate products and deliver solutions that are really close to home. Got it. Man, um, you guys have got some exciting growth in front of you. Um, how? What have you seen in the market um, for this product versus other beverages? You know, kombucha. I'd say. I think the I think the clearest way for me to say it is I, I feel like that kombucha was a rocket ship, uh, a booster, if you will, around this conversation of gut health, um, and the conversation around how a beverage that's not a beer or a wine can be mostly associated with lifestyle. And I think kombucha has done that. Um, and so the market itself for kombucha, you know, still continues to grow. I would say instead of it growing at an increasing rate, I'd say it's growing at a decreasing rate. Um, and that's okay, actually. I think it partially because there's other things in the market um, that are coming forward, like pre and probiotic uh, sodas and tonics, um, different varieties of functional living beverages that are conferring a benefit to the human body that are utilizing things like mushrooms and adaptogens and extracts and botanicals that are coming in different formats where you know, kombucha is a really, if you're into it, you're into it. And if you don't, you're probably never going to switch, right? So there's, it has a really unique kind of flavor profile, even if you have juices and ginger juices and all of the things that you can put into it. In general, it tends to be a more acidic forward because that acetic acid sharper towards the front of the mouth and the nose, whereas probiotic and prebiotic sodas that are used, utilized bicos or tapache are softer, uh, in their format, and those are offering much more differences in there. And that market is is exploding. You know, you're seeing some people who are not using a fermented base, but are using more botanicals, less sugar, like an olipop or a poppy or a culture pop or healthy pop. A lot of people using pop. We have a wild pop. Um, so there's there is there's lots of of white space in that market. Sure. Um, but in general, I think people are looking for more food that makes them feel better. And I think that all signs are showing continued growth uh, in in those categories year over year. That's great. Anything not work? <laughs> Anything stand out that you all tried and was like, oops, that was not a good decision or we moved in the wrong direction or it was an error? What, what, anything like that, that you'd want to share? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I think kefir. So we, we, we put out a kefir soda. Uh, and I think the idea of kefir is closely associated with dairy. And so I think when people saw a kefir soda that was vegan, they were thinking it was some kind of milk water, I think. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> uh, I, I, I think, um, I don't know, it just didn't work. Um, and there's some kombucha companies that are doing aqua frescas. There's some that are doing aqua, trying to pull this idea that it's a water kefir. But we found that kefir forward messaging uh, was not really well received. It just created too much ambiguity. Sure. Um, it was a new product. No one knew what it was. No one knew how to validate it. How the heck do you make milk water? Where does it come from? And so it was it, it was one of those things that did not work. Um, and right now we're playing out a couple of SKUs that we're seeing 
um, are really interesting. And some reasons they don't work are it's because you have huge participants in it. Um, right. And in the different beverage that are owned and dominated by the brands that have been around forever. So it's hard for people to, to kick the habit, if you will, and try something new. Um, but you know, it's, it's always, I always find that when you fail, if you fail fast, you've got a future and sure. thinking about how to create really, really, really high gravity kind of opportunities. So I'm okay with the failure. It feels good. Um, but you know, so true. It, it's, it's definitely a moment, a point of awareness, right? right. Of like, yeah, that didn't work. Our your soda did, did not do well at all. Oh my God. Yeah. It's what, it's funny when I started doing the, uh, these interviews, I, it, I, I realized after a couple of them that I was always asking like, what's next? How's it, you know, all the gross stuff and then not asking about some of the things that didn't go well. And one of my guests was like, you need to ask about like, what didn't work? And I'm like, anyway, so never since I've been doing that. Um, so cool. What yeah. Are, what are the, it. yeah. What are the keys to growth? Like next six, 12 months, what, what, anything that's a lever for you as you're looking to ramp up growth? You know, we have really spent a lot of time thinking about our regenerative supply chain um, and continuing to value that and continuing to to uh, make purchases through that as a focus for us. And the reason why I say that in the next to twelve, next six to twelve months is, you know, there has been some interesting fluctuations in supply. We've been really fortunate that that we have not had to to fight that headwind, but we have felt, you know, cost moving in a direction. So last year, you know, we, uh, you know, our margin took a hit um, because instead of going down and increasing prices on customers, we really took a much more holistic approach and said, how can we still, you know, support the suppliers that bring the good things to us um, while, um, you know, put a little less money uh, in our pockets to do more good things. So we're still seeing that kind of play out a little bit. I think we're being a little bit cautious through the rest of this year and thinking about um, supply contracts. Um, sure. But, you know, as uh, finance and economy tends to, to wield itself, we continue to see growth in private label primarily in our space because the brands had to increase their costing. Um, and we've been able to kind of hold our position. So we're seeing an uptick, actually. Q1 was a ferocious Q1. Wow. I love so that. We're, ferocious. We're navigating it. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I know. I, I know. That. I know. But but we'll see how long it lasts. Right. You know, we're, it's, it's always like anything else. There's a lot of wind in our sails at the moment, but we do see storms, potential storms on the horizon, anywhere from supply to potential slowdown to... You know, you never know where it goes. So we're we're cautiously optimistic, but we're leaning into the idea that as we make better for you food and make it more price affordable, retailers continue to stock it and people will continue to buy it because it tastes good and it matches at the value and sometimes, many times exceeds the value proposition of brands. So sure. we're excited about that. Yeah, no doubt. Well. Uh, so excited for you guys! Lots of growth in front of you. Um, fun to—it's it's been fun to learn about your brand and uh, and hear your story. Share with our audience where they could find you, connect with you, find product, etc. Yeah, absolutely. So if you're super interested in figuring out how to pull yourself into the world of impact and be a part of something really sizzling and exciting, <laughs> you can check out Drink. Bucci.com. That's B-U-C-H-I.com. So drinkbucci.com. 
Uh, and if you are a retailer or an entrepreneur that's looking to make a really good, uh, better for you fermented product available to uh, to your folks, that coffee, teas, bucha, or otherwise, check out fedupfoods.co, so fedupfoods.co. And that's the holding company where we get to engage folks at a different level around what's valuable for them and how we can create a solution that people can have access to. Man, love that. Um, so great having you on, Zane. Uh, thanks for coming and sharing the company's story um, and just bringing to life like a, your kind of the background and how you guys got into it and the you know interesting twists and turns you've taken and and uh, you know how important that first big order was. You know what I mean? It seems like that really was the the I'd say the the fuel that got you guys going, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I th I think when when that came forward and and they had no kombucha on the shelf and they said, "Could you make it?" I think it brought home that people would be drinking it and that would a place to be. And thank you, Justin, so much added to you asking questions because I think that allows us to continue to be in a more of awareness with each other around what's happening and foods that are available for people on our planet. And at the end of the day, we're following our joy and putting out it. foods that are important for people to have. Follow your joy and don't let anybody steal your joy. Yeah. That's one of my favorite lines. Um, St. Right. Adam, so great to have you with us, man. Uh, we can look forward to staying in touch. I'll be back on down the road. Likewise, my friend. The Contender Cast is powered by Contender Brands and is the top global consumer industries entrepreneurship podcast. You can find additional Contender Cast episodes on worldwide podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, iHeartMedia, YouTube, and other preferred podcast platforms. If you would like to be a guest on the ContenderCast, connect with us at ContenderCast.com. This is Brian Benson reminding you that every winner started as a contender. <laughs>